0: As you take your seats and open your Bibles to 2 Chronicles, please just pray for God's grace. 2 Chronicles chapter 33. Father in heaven, we bow before you today. Come humbly before your word, Lord. We don't presume that we know anything, Lord. In fact, when we come to spiritual things, Lord, we know nothing. We need to be taught, Lord we come as little children. Oh God. For you said in your word that if you do not come as little children, you if you do not come you, as little children, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. So Lord, we're coming today as little children, wanting to be taught by your spirit. So, gracious God, I pray, anoint your word with power and with strength. Pray, Lord, that you will bind up every enemy that seeks to turn us away. Gracious God, I pray that both the deaf and the hearing, both Kim and myself, will know an outpouring of your spirit, oh God. So please come. Please hear us. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've entitled this message this morning Um, Desperate prayers. Um, I really want to focus your attention upon the love of God this morning. I really want to focus your attention upon the grace of God. I want to hold up the grace of God. The grace that comes to you and to me and forgives and cleanses us. Because once we receive that grace, it's so much more easier To give grace to other people. Once we we receive what God has done for us, then it's so much more easier for us to give someone else that love and that grace as well. I want to hold up this morning that you might see very clearly the wonderful grace of God. Last week we have been looking at King Hezekiah. And um, King Hezekiah, he was about to die, if you remember, and he prayed a desperate prayer. Often, when we are in need, is then when we pray desperate prayers. You know, I think in the bookies, there's more praying going on in the bookies than there is in church, especially when they put their last 10 pounds down on a horse or on a dog or something. You won't believe how many prayers have been said. Desperate prayers in gambling houses. Desperate prayers in bookies. But the truth is, that it's only when we are in need, when our prayers become desperate. It's only when we are in a tight situation, that we really pray. Any other time, our prayers are lazy. Our prayers are a mind's wonder. We pray very short prayers. But when the need comes and there's a desperate situation, how our prayer changes. They become concentrated. They become long. They become focused. In fact, we find other people and say, join me in prayer. Because we, we realize that our, our need is great. And it was no different for Hezekiah last week. Hezekiah was on his deathbed, literally on his deathbed. This man was told, you're not going to live, you're going to die. And when he heard those words, his prayer was desperate. And God gave him, God heard his prayer. God healed him, and God gave him 15 more years. Well, it was during those 15 years, well, three years into the 15 years, he had a son. And three years into that, he had a son, and his son was called Manasseh. And Manasseh grew up to become the next king. And so, three things I want to talk to you about this son, this king, Manasseh the son of Hezekiah. I want you to remember that Manasseh was born because of great prayers. His birth came. He shouldn't live. He shouldn't exist. His father should have died. But because his father prayed desperately, God gave him a new lease of life. And Manasseh was born because of grace. That's why he was born. He was born because of the grace of God his father. I want you to remember that because I want to speak a little bit about grace because grace first of all, rejected. I want you to see this morning that Manasseh, this man who shouldn't have lived but was born because of God's grace to his father, I want you to see how this man rejected God's grace. When I read the word, these words I was appalled. Look what it says about him. He sacrificed his children in the fire, in the valley of Ben-Hidden. Practiced divination and witchcraft. Sought omens and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his When I I just cannot believe this. You mean to tell me this man who was born because of God's grace to his father? He shouldn't have been alive. His father should have died. But his father was blessed by God and this man was the fruit of that grace. And now he's grown up. Look what we find him doing. The Bible says his own sons, his own children... He burnt in the fire and sacrificed them to to his God. How appalling. But it goes worse. He then practiced sorcery and witchcraft and divination and omen seeking and spiritists. This man has gone into dark wickedness. Absolutely surprising. And you think that wasn't bad enough? We read over in 2 Kings. Moreover, Manasseh also shed so much innocent blood. They filled Jerusalem from end to end. The man was a murderer. The man killed and slaughtered men and women. Innocent men and women. Better men and women than he was. This man was wicked. Now I know that all of us are appalled at his wickedness. All of us will turn around and say, I can't believe a man can exist like that. But he represents mankind, he represents me and you. This is what man is capable of doing. Look at in Society, just look around. We have one group of people here who are praying to the stars. We have men and women hugging trees and praying to the trees. Think I'm joking? Just look around. These things are are taking place. We look around, we have others over here, and we find them speaking to mediums and, and spiritists and contacting the dead and having them come and speak to them. Those people are out there in our society, don't you know? Look around you and we have people committing horrible crimes of murder. 16 year old boy throwing acid in people's faces. Ruining their whole lives. That is you and me. That is our society. That is where we are living. The wickedness that we see in Manasseh is in our world today. How can anyone deny that? And that is what we've seen. How does it begin? i tell you how it begins. It begins with a rejection of the grace of God. That's how it begins. And once God is rejected, people begin to do some crazy things. Once God is rejected... People begin to do things that they think is right in their own eyes. They have no conscience, they have no, no, no measuring line, nothing to, to measure what they're doing. They just think that they are right in their own eyes, and that is what they will do. That is our society. Why? Because men have rejected God. God has created you to enjoy him. That is what God has done. He's created you different to the animals. He's created you different to the the beast of the field. He created you differently. Why? So that you can enjoy him. But what does man do? Man rejects him and goes down into the very gutter and dregs of our society. Only last year I read in the news, embarking of a man... Killed an off duty police officer, chopped him up, put him in a bath, and ate some of his parts of his body. Embarking. Wickedness. abounds. And You may turn around and say, Well, I would never do that. I'm not as bad as those people. I'm not consulting mediums. I'm not um, um, throwing acid in people's faces. I'm not doing the wicked, evil thing. I'm in church on a Sunday morning. I'm not like that, but I want to tell you what the Bible turns around and says this. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no difference. Everyone is in the same boat. Everyone is on the same ship. All have sinned, said the Bible, and fallen short of the glory of God. You may not have done all the things that these men and women have done, but when you are compared to Jesus, how much are you like him? That's the question. And all of us will say, I'm nothing like Jesus. The man in prison and the judge who sent him there, both, are guilty before God. This man, Manasseh, was born out of the grace of God. And look at him. Rejecting God's grace. Rejecting God's kindness. Rejecting God's hand on his life. Look at him in great wickedness. And I want to tell you, it is possible for men today to reject the grace of God. I hope you're not in that this morning. But it's possible to have people sitting here in church. Oh, they've come washed and clean and dressed and all tidy. But it's possible to sit here and still reject the grace of God. Let's move on. Grace rejected, but also grace speaks. What do I mean by that? Well, look how God, how does a God deal with a man? How would you deal with Manasseh? Here you see him doing all his wickedness, grabbing his little five-year-old son or his little two-year-old boy and taking him to the fire and then just throwing him in. How would you deal with a man like that? How does God deal with him? I'll tell you how God deals with him. The Lord spoke to Manasseh. Man, I love that. God in His grace speaks to Manasseh. You wouldn't speak to him. You would run a mile from the man. You would have nothing to do with him. But God in His grace turns around and speaks to Manasseh. Even though he was so evil and so wicked. God pulls him to one side and says, Marissa, I've got something to say to you. That is how God always works, you know. He always works like that. He always speaks even to men and women who don't want to hear him. Look at what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. You know the Bible in Genesis. Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at these words. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here? Sons-in-laws? Sons or daughters? Or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it so Lot went out and spoke to his son in law who was pledged to be married to his daughters. He said, Hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his son in law thought he was joking. God again said, I'm going to destroy this city, but I'm going to speak to the wicked and tell them what I'm about to do. And here in the story of Lot. God speaks. But not only do we hear it in Lot, how about Nineveh? Some of you know the story of Jonah. Jonah goes to Nineveh because Nineveh also was very wicked. And what did God tell Jonah to say? Go to that great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the Ninevites believed God. God everywhere in the Bible speaks to wicked men. He doesn't speak to the only to the godly and to the righteous. No, but he turns to wicked men and says, Listen, come aside. I want to talk to you. I want to speak with you. I have something to share with you. Grace speaks. And here we see here again that grace was speaking to these people everywhere and Manasseh was no different I want to tell you this morning God does the same thing today he speaks oh I can hear people on the outside even here well I don't believe in your God I don't believe in your God so whether he speaks to me or whether he doesn't speak to me I don't care I just hear them I want to tell you You may not see God, but God sees you. You may not want to speak to God, but God will speak to you. Men may go about their wicked ways, but God will say to them, I've got something to say. Come aside. I know you're rebellious. I know you hate me. I know you love your sin, but come. I want to speak to you. They may say, but Lord, why do you want to speak to me? Can't you see that I've rejected you? Can't you see I don't want you? Can't you see I love my sin? Why do you want to speak to me? And God said, grace always wants to speak. Unlucky, unfortunately for um, Manasseh, the Ninevites, they believe God, but Manasseh, where we read these words, the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. The Ninevites did in Jonah's day. But Manasseh was spoken to by God. But they paid no attention. I'll ask myself, why didn't Manasseh pay any attention? God has spoken to him. God had told him, what you are doing is wrong. Repent or you will be judged. But he did no, listen the question is why i believe if i spoke to manasseh he would say well the reason why i didn't listen nothing changed god won't do anything besides what can he do look at me i've got wealth i've got money i've got my family i've got my house I'm secured, I've got my army. What can God do? Listen, God hasn't done nothing for five years, ten years. I'm now 50 years old and God hasn't done nothing. So I don't believe he will do anything at all. I believe Nassim might say that. Falls in line with the New Testament because the Bible turns around and says, uh, people will say, where is the coming he promised? Ever since our ancestor died, Everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Jesus said he's coming back again, but listen, everything goes off normal. Nothing changes. So why should I listen to God? Why should I obey his voice? Because he's not going to do anything. He has no authority. He has no power. Look at the wicked. They're thriving. They've got the cars. They've got the houses. They've got the marriages. They're doing fine. God won't do anything to me. And so they Go the merry way. Just like Manasseh, God won't do anything. You know, I'm quite surprised when I was reading the news over the past few days. Do you know how many famous music stars died over the last couple of years? David Bowie, Prince, George Michael. We all celebrate their music. As soon as they die, their music goes to number one. Everybody buys their tracks. But nobody asked the question, where are they now? Nobody asked that question. Nobody dared ask that question. Where are they now? We celebrate their music. We get it to number one. We buy it on iTunes. We have their playing all all the great hits that they sung. But the question that I like to ask is, where are they now? The truth is, God speaks today so that men and women may not be separated from him from ever. He speaks. My dear friend, grace speaks. But let me go on. Not only does grace speaks, the third and final thing I want to say, is that grace acts. Let's see what happens. So God, therefore, we looked at Manasseh, and we see that Manasseh rejected the grace of God. Then as he rejects God's grace, we look again and we see God speaking to Manasseh and telling Manasseh repent, but he doesn't listen. So what does God do? Well, God acts. Grace acts. And so listen to what we see in our story. So the Lord brought against them the army commanders of the king of Assyria who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose, bound him with bronze shackles and took him to Babylon. Can you believe what happened to this man? Overnight, all of a sudden the kings of the Assyrians come and as they come they grab a hold of him they, they, I can just see him now Manasseh, I can see him now Crying out to the spiritists and to the demonic gods and saying, Help me! And there's a banging on the door coming. I can see him bowing down to the stars and to the moon saying, Help me! Help me! And there's banging of change coming. The Syrian army is at his door. And as he cries to those gods, nobody helps him. Instead, he's dragged out from his palace and a hook is attached to his nose. And he's dragged out with bronze shackles. Where is his God? Where are the spiritists? Where are the mediums? Did they warn him that that was going to happen? Where are the gods of the, that he sacrificed his children to? Where are they? Here he is now bound, bound with shackles of chains and going to Babylon. That's where we find him. Is now in trouble. This man is now in desperate need. This man is in a place where he doesn't want to be. What does he do? I'll tell you what he does. He goes to desperate prayer. Here we have him. Let's see what the word of God says. In his distress... He sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. Here he is. Bronze shackles. Hook in his nose. Naked and thirsty and worn out. A slave in Babylon. What does he do? He humbled himself. Greatly. He sinned greatly, but now he's humbling himself greatly before God. Oh, God, he's saying. I remember my father, Hezekiah. I remember that I was born out of grace. You gave my father 15 years. Oh, God, have mercy. Oh, God, see my misery. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for Killing my own children. Forgive me for seeking demons. Forgive me for worshipping stars and moon. Oh God. I hear him. Crying out. He wasn't giving the. prayers that we might say. Before dinner time Lord thank you for my meal. He wasn't saying the prayer that we might say before we go to bed. No, 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 no. This man was crying out. In desperation. Now I can hear some voices here. Saying if I was God I would put my fingers in my ears. If I was God. I would turn away from a man like that. But the Bible turns around and says this. And when he prayed to him. The Lord. Was moved. Moved. By his entreaty. The Lord was moved. The man was deep in sin and wickedness, but when he humbled himself greatly and cried out to God, God couldn't resist his cry. God couldn't resist seeing his humility. God couldn't resist coming to him. And so God comes and was moved by his prayer. And the Bible says he listened to his plea so he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Why did God do that? Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Oh, the grace of God. That is why I'm going to hold up to you this morning. Oh, the grace of And the mercy of God. God was moved. And because God was moved. Because God's grace. Could not resist. That man's plea. God moved and. Helped him. My dear friend. The reason why God shows you mercy. The reason why God outpours grace to you. Is so that you might know who he is. That's why. The reason why you're here, you could have been anywhere else. Your life could have taken any turn and go the wrong way. But God's grace has brought you into this house today. Why? So that you will know who He is. That's why. It's not to make your life nice and cozy. put some nice cushions under your head and a few fluffy blankets. No, no, no. God wants you to know that there's no other God besides Him. He is the Lord. And He deserves your worship and your praise and your glory. Why? Because He created heaven and earth. He wants you to know Him. And once that grace is poured into your life, then you can turn around and begin to pour some grace to somebody else's life. Some of you are in hard relationships. Some of you are in hard marriages. I'm telling you, husband and wife need to turn and begin to pour grace into one another's hearts. Why? Because God has poured grace into their hearts. Some of you have got difficult children, or some of you children are being difficult to hang around with. You need to realize that God's grace has been poured into father and mother and into son and daughter's life. The grace of God is real and it's wonderful. Some of you now have got a glimpse of it. you only got a tiny glimpse of it. The only glimpse you see is God rescuing and pouring grace to a wicked man and bringing him out and giving him a second chance. It's only a glimpse of God's grace, but it's only what I want to give you today. I only want to give you that glimpse that God's grace will give you a second and a third and a fourth chance. That grace will chase you and chase you down until you confess that God, you are Lord and you deserve my worship. You deserve me not to bow down to other things. You deserve me not to give my attention attention to other things. But Lord, you deserve me to give you my attention. You deserve me to give you my praise. I pray that Manasseh will be an example to us as to hold up the grace of God and then say, behold God's grace. It was available for him. Is available for you too. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much, God, that because Jesus died on that cross, your grace is available. And I pray, oh God that even though we live in a society where men and women are like Manasseh, we pray for them, that your grace that was shown to him might be shown to them as well. Lord, we might know people who are into crime, or people in prison, or people into mediums and seeking spiritists. We might know these people, and we pray, oh God, that you might show your grace to them. But not only to them, But show it to us, oh God. We desperately need your wonderful mercy. Your amazing grace. Draw close to your people, Lord, we pray. And may you turn our hearts that we might see you and worship you and give you the honour and the praise and the glory that is due to your name. Help us, Lord, we pray.